Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity. Today we are talking about business, branding and womanhood. Today I talk with Chalisa, she's a calligrapher, business owner and mother and we talked about how you can create a business out of your passion, how you can become financially independent even if you don't know how to price yourself and how to create a strong personal brand without compromising any part of your personality. So inshallah, if you're an artist, this is a must listen and must watch. Grab your pen and paper, grab your notes, and if you cannot, make a screenshot from this episode and come back to it because she really shares a lot of technical advice for how to start your business and how to create a strong personal brand. Inshallah, I love this episode so much. And I hope you love it too. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Shared Diversity Podcast. Alhamdulillah, okay, we're on. <laughs> we're on. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming. Your brand is so beautiful. I just um, I introduced you in the beginning of the podcast, but could you introduce yourself in 30 seconds? My name is Talisa. I am from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. I am a calligrapher. So that means I'm an artist. I create beautiful things for weddings and events. I have been collabing with big companies or small companies. And, um, and I love doing it. It's my passion. And I'm very, very passionate about my branding because I work a lot to, to get to where I am and knowing what my branding is. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be here to talk about it. Nice. Thank you so much. So I wanted to ask, uh, first of all, what is the whole, what, where did the art come from? Where did the work itself come from? And then what is really the meaning behind your brand itself? So... When I came up with Rosane Art, I started a long, long time ago. This was seven years ago. I started as a digital a digital um, portrait painting. I've always been an artist my whole life, um, but I couldn't find something that I was really passionate and never got bored of until I started calligraphy and lettering. Like I started about a year ago when I was on my mat leave, um, and I started with the name Rosane Art. Rosen isn't actually my last name. It's actually uh, a combination of my my last name and my husband's last name. Oh, wow. Reason being is he's always, yeah, he's always been very supportive of my art mm-hmm. uh, from the get-go. He's always like asking me, do you want to pursue this full-time? Do you want to pursue this full-time? I didn't. I was in HR for a long time. And, um, and in terms of the uh, branding in calligraphy, Calligraphy is a very is a premium service, right? It's a bespoke. It's something that's one of a kind. It's not like um, a quantity based sort of service. So I wanted my brand to stand out as a luxury service, mm-hmm. where I provide appreciation through beautiful handwriting by sending message. That's beautiful. But so how I, did you yeah. come from the portrait to the calligraphy then? Oh. Honestly, it was, I've tried so many different art form. So I, I used to do painting a lot and it was just, um, and I did a lot of graphic design when I was doing my corporate job, even though I was in HR. I just started calligraphy when I started playing around with my iPad again mm-hmm. and I was doing digital lettering, but I was always intimidated by calligraphy because there's so much, um, there's a lot of rules in calligraphy and then it, it, it it takes a while to get 
the uh, to gain muscle memory, and eventually I rebranded my um, my artistic uh, form into just calligraphy and lettering. when did you get like when did you take the leap really coming from because you said you worked in hr for a long time and then you had to like take the jump to you know doing this full-time how did that come um so i started calligraphy business um last year when i was on my leave i started as a self-care routine and then i kept going on and doing it and i started getting uh projects and inquiries that people wanted to pay me um and then i decided that maybe i should create a website and then i look at the possibilities of what can i do to make money based on the calligraphy and there was there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that i can do and um and it was just something that i could not stop thinking about so when i went back to work after matt leaf which was um last year it's almost a year ago actually in september I just wanted to do calligraphy, even though I had passion for HR at that time, I just really lost it. I just wanted to keep doing this. I'm like, I know there's a lot that I can do. And what pushed me, I did research, right? I, re I did research market. I saw there was a need of calligraphy in weddings and events, and it's a high ticket price kind of service. That's one. And the second thing that I researched is how many calligraphers are there in Toronto? And what can I do about it? Which one did I want to do? And there wasn't that many. I looked it up uh, online. There wasn't, it was only probably like one page um, of Google search. And then I thought, I think that could be a really good business reason that I wanted to jump into it. Because I know next year, it's going, there's going to be a lot of calligraphers and lettering artists. Now it's like, it's growing now. But because I started ahead of time, Like, I feel like I'm right now, I'm on top of uh, the Google research. So that's why I, I had a belief in myself. I can make this as a full-time job. So I quit in March this year. Um, it's been a roller coaster. There's a lot that I learned a lot in terms of the business and marketing mm -hmm. um, side, more than the artistic side. And that's when I thought, now that I'm actually comfortable having income from creating beautiful calligraphy yeah so yeah. you said actually you started it as a self-care practice mm -hmm. did you have at any point in time the fear that you would kind of ruin this practice or the law for it when you make it into a business yeah, some, I did. I, you know, like yeah involved and like yeah for sure i, I think a lot of Every artist feel that way, even if they've been in the industry for many years, mm -hmm. because once you're being paid for it, it becomes work, right? Mm -hmm. um, definitely, like I had that. I'm like, what if I'm gonna hate it? And, and then this, like the same other things that I did before, like the portrait digital, like I I loved it and I started hating it once people asking to for me to do it for them. But I. What what I do to maintain my creativity outlet is sometimes I have my passion project as well. So I've collabed with my really good friend who's a photographer. She's also in the wedding industry. So what we do is we meet um, 
quite often collab create some beautiful flat lays of um, with my calligraphy and um, some beautiful props. That's how I keep it going with my creative outlet. And when I do that, we post on um, our social media platform and tagging all these big brands and hoping to get featured. So yeah. that's one way to keep the, my creativity outlet going mm-hmm. without having to feel oh, it's another project, even though I love all my projects, but <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's very important to have that. Yes, to do that is. as well. Yeah, because I think there comes this pressure with wanting to make it work, especially because it's your passion and because you love it, mm. and it's kind of this practice. But mm. then at the same time, there comes this huge pressure and amount of accountability in it when you turn it into a business. And I was yeah, so sure. excited. actually I was so excited to speak to you because there were some uh, sisters who texted me on our social media platforms asking, mm-hmm. you know, how can they turn their art into a business? And mm-hmm. as I did not yet have experience with turning really art and ma- making something that is artistic, mm-hmm. but then turning it into product or service, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to get someone on that, you know, knows really how to to create this journey from, from, the, yeah. from the passion to the financial independency. So yeah. What kind of tips could you share with artists that would like to become financially independent with their creations? So um, I do have a lot of tips for that. So one is not being afraid to know and how to apply the business business and marketing. So 70% of my time, I deal with business and marketing part. So what I mean about that is I consume a lot doing like um, I'm always updating my website and I'm always looking into what's the trend right now. And I do content planning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only, I only create probably about 30%, 20% of my time. Um, a lot of times I'm marketing myself either through social media, word of mouth, or, um, and I, I, I took a lot of class in terms of how to market myself. So so that, so the business part, the marketing part. And secondly is knowing your target market. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know who your ideal client is. The more specific, the better. Mm-hmm. If you're too broad, that means that you're still not confident with what you're doing in your business. So you want to know what your clients, what do they hang out? What do they like? And you need to know what they're thinking ahead of time and be ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. And um so I talked about the website earlier. You also want to know about SEO. So really, really do research and apply it. Um, what I do um, to get myself to be easily found on Google is I list myself on Google and um, I name all my images with, uh, with keywords that people would have, with keywords that they would search like yeah. a lot of times they find me through like Toronto calligrapher and then mine pop up and that's how so, you want to rename your images okay so yeah. just to give um a little bit of context the seo yeah. means search engine optimization can yeah. you just make it you know understandable for creatives yeah what it really is how it benefits yeah. your business so if, the thing is that we're in world of google and internet so everybody wants to find you and you want to be able to uh, be searched easily so with that search engine um, optimization once you have website first the first thing that you want to do before you deal with the SEO you want to build a website you can either why is that important it shows professionalism mm-hmm. yeah so because if you're just on Etsy I mean 
the market on Etsy is very saturated, mm-hmm. highly saturated, and the shipping is very expensive. So you really, it's really hard to you to brand yourself an Etsy seller. Because once people find you on Etsy, you, your brand is an Etsy seller. Mm-hmm. But when you have a website, you have your own brand. And people will likely um, come to you because your authentic style and your branding. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Etsy seller doesn't work. It does work. Definitely it does. Um, sometimes people use that to, to get traffic to your website yeah. as well as Pinterest um but that goes back to the audience as well right like you want to know your audience that means the home where your audience can it's like having people for dinner like you you're not going to make friends if you don't invite them and you meet them personally and you kind of get to know them so if they come to your website you get to know them you can see the data behind it Mm. they kind of comment they always know where you are rather than social media which always changes exactly (laughs) keep going (laughs) so um and think about that people browse they only spend about two minutes max per website. So the, your homepage has to be easily attractive. Like um, all repel people that you don't want to hire, mm. right? It doesn't have to attract everybody. You cannot please everybody, but you want to work with people that you want to work with, your target client. Um, so you want to be clear about your business and your authentic authenticity and who you want to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really important. How did you build um, your website? Because you said either you can build it yourself or you can work with mm-hmm. someone. I use Squarespace. It's very easy uh, platform because you just drag and drop. And I literally, the only thing that I do is my, the wordings that I have, when you read it, it sounds like I'm speaking to you. So it's very important to have that intimacy. That's my style though. Like it, depending on what, um, what artists prefer. I just like being authentic myself. So I like to refer myself as I, not we, because I'm running everything myself. And Um, you actually are speaking personally because I told you earlier, I love the video that you have on your platform because you actually have like a small video snippet and you you should all go to Talisa's website. It's so beautiful. You have Uh a small video snippet where it kind of shows you at events and you drawing crafting your art and then Mm. in the background it's really this deeper connection to you of understanding why you love doing it what is the intention behind your brand which really in in within your own voice which makes it really Mm. really relatable and intimate yeah for sure i actually had a videographer to capture all that i he reached out to me saying like hey do you want to have a video and i say like yeah i've been thinking about it Mm but I don't know how to present that. And he, and because he's been doing it for so many times, he's like, just be yourself authentic. And then, and it happened to be the time when I was doing the Ramadan market in mm-hmm. Toronto, Canada, um, that I was able, to, he was able to capture my interaction with clients, me mm-hmm. doing the, uh, the craft as well as me teaching. So it was like a overall, everything that I do all in one video of like a minute. So yeah, it's it's all about knowing um, who to work with and how to work with and how you market yourself. Yeah, yeah. And and it works for me so far. The key is to be authentic. Like, don't try to be someone else. Is how do you like your comfortable, comfortably um, presenting yourself? Why do you think that's so important? It's important because one, it's easier, mm. <laughs> right? Being authentic. Two, it's like you want to be easily remembered. Um, to me, I think uh, like I follow a lot of um, lettering artists that talks about the business or any other artists that talk about business, 
how to market yourself. And a lot of them all say, just be authentic yourself, show your perkiness, show like everything about you. Like I tell people that I'm also a Zumba instructor, that I, um, I care about wellness. I care about ergonomic, blah, blah, blah. And I like to share uh, my behind the scenes. And people love that. Because I'm a real human being. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the fullness of you. It's not yeah. only one direction. Oh, I need to like specialize in this for the next 20 years. But uh, no, it's yeah. like the whole self. That's beautiful. Okay. So mm -hmm. I actually interrupted you. And it's okay. because there's already so much value in this podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. And I hope uh, people are taking notes. So um, let's go back to SEO. So you say, how, how, you know, how do you come financially independent as an artist? You say, mm -hmm. first of all, you need the traffic you need to know your audience and then mm -hmm. how do you apply your seo so you say for example you name your images and that's mm -hmm. especially important for artists i mean i imagine so yeah so the first thing that i did and this is completely out of fluke i actually google my own company and then or like i google mississauga calligrapher right and then this list of very few people show up on google maps and and then if you scroll all the way down, it says, "Do you find anything that's not I listed?" Found this on Google. Sorry, <laughs> um, my my Google <laughs> just showed up. Sorry, um, and then it says like add any list. So I added myself, and then the Google um, associate called me to confirm about my business. I um, my business, and I and I confirm it, and then he walked through everything I need to know on how to manage it. And it's all for free. That is it's so free. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I don't know why. I, so yeah. Google, Google Associates call you directly? Yeah. Yeah. After I list my business. It's like, hey, and they I give found, you free consulting. Yeah. Just free consulting. Let me know if you have time for an hour. And then he like walked me through how to use the Google Manager. Um, so I see statistic. I see which uh, which pictures that shows the most mm -hmm. and how many people visit my website. Um, what what keywords do people use to find me? And um, so that's, and then, and then because of that, and I also like, you know, have links on my website and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, and it works because of my service is location-based. So I'm serving GTA and Toronto. And that's what people usually um, search. Because I don't think I would be working anywhere outside of that area um, because of the nature of my service. So it works a lot. So if, if any artist out there wants to be working locally, that's the first thing you want to do. List yourself on Google Maps. And then obviously once you have that website, you wanna um you wanna add that description where um there is a description of how you wanna how you wanna be found. The same thing, like use the keywords that people would wanna find you. Like for me, it's Mississauga Toronto Calligrapher. That's how mine pop up and um again naming renaming all images i know it seems like a lot the first time but once you do that as a habit it becomes really easy so for me i name all my images toronto underscore calligrapher underscore the item that uh, that uh the the service that i use like mirror calligraphy blah 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 mm -hmm. And that's been working a lot for me. Another way is Pinterest. Pinterest is your best friend as an artist because I, I, I use Pinterest a lot. So whatever I search, and you can actually tag um, your picture from your website and put it in, 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 in a Pinterest to save it as a pin. 
um, that's another way to traf- uh, to gain traffic. And last it's one. It's quite easy. I actually saw that. Yeah, today. it is like so a, easy. Yeah. Like a plugin on Google Chrome. Exactly. And I am very active on Instagram, even though 90% of my clients find me through Google. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram helps too with the traffic. Um, if you know, if you notice the, uh, the LinkedIn and bio, um, I don't use three links. So on Squarespace, uh, for my website, there is an unlink, um, page where you can create a page to add links. So if you click on my, if you go on my Instagram, if you click on my link, my links, mm-hmm. it'll take you to actually a page of my website that you cannot see through website. On your website. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it gives like all the links of my service and all the links that I want to share. Um, that drives people to visit my website as opposed to um, um, you know what I mean? Wait, you, you were cutting off. Can you say that again? <laughs> Sorry. So when you use your unlink web, uh, through website um, as opposed to three link, when people click on the link on Instagram, it drives traffic to your website and you want to have that direct traffic. So the minute I like click on the link, I'm on your website. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And another ways is you can also do blogging. I haven't done that, but it's been in the back of my (laughs) uh, mind that I uh, wanted to do. Blogging is also another way to, to drive traffic. And the thing is that when blogging is is a good idea too because you're basically providing um uh knowledge right um to to the public and when people see like oh this person knows about this because this this person writes a blog about it they likely hire you Mm -hmm. for that reason um because she's an expertise so i'm just gonna hire her because i can't do it myself Mm. so that's a good way to uh, to get business as well. There's so many, so many different ways, but those are the uh, one of the ways that I've been constantly doing. Why do you think has it been important that you are the face of your brand? I think it's important to people to see who the artist behind it, especially because I get hired by companies to do on-site. Mm. Um, where I do calligraphy personalization for their clients. Say they bought something and then they want me to um, personalize it. It's very important for big companies to see who they're hiring mm-hmm. because that person is going to be on the table in front of them. Right? They want to see like friendly faces. Um, and that's why it's really important for me to show myself, my personality. Um, and it's also very important in general to, sh- to show yourself because it kind of gains trust, right? Mm. Like I know who this person is. I know her personality. It's like, I know you, but I've never met you. But I trust her because she's mm. showing all of this stuff. She's showing all her knowledge. She's showing all the behind the scenes. And when you have trust, you get sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true. But mm-hmm. I want listeners to understand, like, you are not there on Instagram putting your life out, you know, talking about your family and what you have for breakfast. Like, yeah, you do it in a very profi- <laughs> professional manner. And mm-hmm. I find that very important because I know a lot of girls and sisters are out there trying to build a brand and they think they have to be the face of the brand, which, like you say, it builds trust. I think there mm-hmm. are many ways to do it without showing mm-hmm. it. Well, you know, you can wear yeah. a club. I think the most yeah, important yeah, thing sure. 
is your voice. Like if you, mm-hmm. for example, if I would have the same stories, uh, the same kind of, you know, calligraphy pictures on your on your site and you would still be yourself and talk the way you talk i would still connect to you but then also if you want to do the in between like you want to show your face Mm -hmm. but you don't want to show too much of your life you don't want to put yourself too much out there Mm -hmm. um this is kind of the balance that you are creating do you have Mm -hmm. some tips for sisters that are just fearful or have self-doubt and putting themselves out there I actually do know an instant interior designer who never show her face, but she always use voice um, and she shows all her tips. I think it's really important to use Instagram stories mm-hmm. to, to represent your authenticity, authenticity. You don't have to show your face. You can create, like you can even just show like hands or I don't know, um, or showing whatever it is that you want to create as an artist. So what she does is um, her name is Nimi Style. She shows a lot of tips on how to do DIY and I, and they are very, very resourceful. And that's not a way like you, even if you don't want to show your face, it's fine. But if you're showing your knowledge, mm-hmm. that's not a way of basically showing part of your branding um, because now you become an expertise, right? So that's, I think it's really important to show that behind the scene and, um, uh, but you don't want to show too much where, I find that like when someone has Instagram, so it's like, like that looks like dots and I just kind of skip it. So you want to maintain, you don't want to show too much to the point that it's like, it's not relevant anymore or, um, or it just, you just kind of rambling on talking about a lot of stuff. It like, I, I, I usually skip those and it's really important if, um, if you don't want to show, but you can also add captions, right? Mm-hmm. You can type it up. I always add caption because a lot of times I don't have my speaker on. And, you know, some moms, like, we're really busy, so we just want to read it. We don't want to have to turn on. Or, like, you're in the area where, like, you don't want people to hear what you're listening to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so caption is also very important. So it, you don't really have to show your face. There's many other ways. But as long as you show up, mm-hmm. um, showing your brand, showing what you're doing, I think that's, that's good enough. Showing what you're doing that's relevant to your business, not, like, too much. I don't show much of a my personal stuff maybe just a little bit here and there but not too much because I don't want to get that dotted hearing too much right um yeah but I love that because a lot of people say and think a personal brand is about oh put your all personal life out there how do you how would you define actually a personal brand um it's how your voice is um your personality um for me, my personal brand would be, well, the thing is that for me, I, I'm more about appreciation. I love helping people. So my personal brand is always about helping others. Um, to um, helping others to get, to feel appreciated. Mm. Um, so my followers on Instagram are two types. So either fellow calligraphers or people who like pretty things. The, my, yeah. So the people who are fellow calligraphers, I, uh, I share a lot of my knowledge because mm. I want to help them. Mm. I want to help them grow. How do I do this part of the business, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and then the people who, who just love pretty things, they're usually the one who ended up hiring me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, what was I going to say? Um, 
I, I like to share tips just to see that like the quality work of that I do is it's a high ticket price because of all these things that I have to do to create one project. So when I do behind the scene, it served both ways. It served my fellow calligraphers mm-hmm. and also the people who like pretty things. So they appreciate high art form. Yeah. Um, and my personal brand, it's, it's through that. It's how I, do, how I share my message, how I like to use uh, a bit of a comedy because I like to be funny. I'm a big fan of romantic comedy. So when I show something, it's, it, it usually has that romantic feels, like the Victorian look and whatnot. But I also like to add a little bit of humor. That's what my personal brand is. But in a way, but I'm actually like, you know, I'm, um, it's in the face where I'm, where people would likely ended up booking me because I'm showing all of that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. That's so yeah. important because I think if you turn your personal brand into a real business, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to look at yourself and be like, who am I? What are my personality traits? What makes me special? Mm-hmm. What do people like about me? What do I like mm-hmm. about me? And then putting these characteristics in your brand and reflecting mm-hmm. it through that. So that's yeah. very, very beautiful. And I can see it in that, that you also share quotes that are inspirational. And yes. You know, that I would look at even, I mean, I love pretty things, but I'm not a calligrapher and I love inspiring things. So I would go to, yeah. so just, and to your Instagram just to get inspired as well. Yeah. I actually started uh, doing quotes for practice and I still do it just to kind of, um, yeah, again, like showing my personality, what I love. I mean, okay. So in my background, in my HR corporate job, like one of the things that I was doing, I was also the head of health and wellness so quotes empowering quotes like that it's 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 one of the my favorite things um i mean i just now right now i'm just like writing it pretty mm-hmm. and people who love pretty things love that and eventually i've because of that the things that i do i ended up collabing with other local artists and makers um so either way you get business right Yeah. So I want to ask you about this. How and like why and how do you use collaborations to fuel your brand? So I've only collabed with uh, smaller big companies that have the same target market that I I am. So I'm very picky on that. It's very important because you want to keep your brand strong as as it is. Right. Um, So I um the comp the um other brands with other sisters that i've had like inti first and whatnot um i see that they um so one one of the example one of the sister um she does like wellness uh subscription box Mm -hmm. like again i'm all about wellness (laughs) and i do like a lot of quotes Mm -hmm. so she reached out to me to do to letter some something for the subscription mm-hmm. um they recently actually just featured me as a uh, one of the uh the artists and and it aligned to me so like it helps me because her target market is the same as mine so eventually her clients became my clients too yes. right um so you want to make sure there's an alignment mm-hmm. and other collaborate other different kind of collaboration is with my photographer who's my very very dear friend of mine she's like my best friend because she's in the wedding industry 
she has clients, I have clients, we refer each other. Like, do you need a, do you need a photographer? Do you need a, a calligrapher? So we always refer to each other. But we also work together creating beautiful things. Yeah. And our both our followers see that and mm-hmm. they see our collaboration. They just appreciate that. And they, a lot of times, um, well, it's been like sometimes where we have the same clients. Yeah. So. It's, that is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I hear collaborations in a form of like what you said, you know, we have a shared audience, we want to tap into each other's audiences or um, mm-hmm. have some, some kind of value to add to her content or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, this is what I find really, really interesting. You are the add on, like basically you don't compete, you just add on to each other. Mm-hmm. And you can, yeah, basically, in a way that you can create something very different. So it's not. A and A talking about A, it's like A and B creating C. Exactly. That yeah. is a very nice way yeah. to look it. Yeah. I mean, when you, when I work together with other artists, like photographer or videographer, the things that we come up with, it's like, wow, we came up with this. <laughs> so it just, it's, it's beautiful. Like I, I highly, I highly recommend that you collaborate either like for me as a calligrapher, I do style shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, uh, I would work together with vendors, like the wedding planners, the, uh, photographer and like, uh, the decor, the floral, mm-hmm. um, and, and then the photographer who capture everything, it just, and you see, and you see the results. It's like, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's, uh, and, it, and also because when you collab, you, you know, each other, you work together. Now you are comfortable to refer um, each other's mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. so that's uh that's major so yeah. can you give me the technicalities behind creating these collaborations like do you get the mm. do you get to know the people in person and then you kind mm-hmm. of just like meet each other mm-hmm. naturally or do you approach them directly on the internet or how does it work um so the ones that i've done so far um i've met the person in person um and then we talk about possibilities and we share each other pinterest board so once we have the mood board so we we met first and then we just do the um the discussion of the mood board online and then we reach out to other vendors like the floral that we know and or the model and once we've we have that we schedule the time And then once the photo shooting happened and we just basically, we meet up each other again and then we, we have that vision create and help each other. And so it's a, it's a, it's a collaborative effort. The, the face-to-face is very important to do that um, because you, well, you want to have to deliver your products too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and it, I've never asked to leave, reach out to other I've never asked to reach out to collab. <laughs> so I've, I've usually been asked to collab. Um, but the people who have asked me have known me personally. Either I've worked together with them or I've, they've referred to me for, for a client. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to have that personal level of connection. Yeah. Because you were going to be working together, right? So Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. Second, second, last question as we're coming mm-hmm. to the end, what are the things that you would have loved to know before you started your business? Um, is it the, the things that I wish I knew? Yes. 
I wish I knew how to price my surveys because oh, like favorite 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 topic. Nobody <laughs> ever likes to talk about money or pricing. Yes. So spill the tea. So um I obviously underpriced myself mm. by a lot because I had no idea. Mm. Like again, calligraphy is a very new service and nobody shared their price. So I just kind of came up with something based on my hourly rate at corporate. But it turned out that it should be very different because corporate is like a stable income, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're an artist, you have to think about the admin stuff, everything else that you're doing. So mm -hmm. your hourly rate has to go way high. Mm -hmm. um, so one lettering artist in our industry She came up with panic-free pricing guide. Her name is Becca from the Happy Ever Crafter. She's on Instagram. She shares a lot of knowledge, um, which could be applicable to other artists as well. And I, I bought the guide. What is Sorry? pricing? So she came up with a pricing guide for mm -hmm. calligrapher and lettering artists. Nice. And it was, it was very, very long. And um, because there's so many types of service that we can provide using our uh, skills, right? So she came up with a sample of the very minimum hourly rate, which is $30 per hour. That's the very minimum. Mm -hmm. But then you have to think about the supplies that you have to use and then the taxes and all that. My rate has gone all the way up, like triple, more than triple that hourly rate um, because of experience, right? But, but I didn't, My my the first time I did it was even lower than that because I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so she came up with the formula how to come up with your hourly rate and using the tools that you provide for like for workshops or on-site or differently specific different projects. So because of that, now I know it just came out, I think about two, three months after I started my business. Mm -hmm. But now I can like I'm actually charging appropriately. Nice. Do you have clients yeah. that come back? So was it a weird to like suddenly, you know, up the price or was it just like naturally? Okay. You yeah. Know, setting my standards higher. This time. Yeah. So I've, yeah, I have, I have a lot of returning clients and I mentioned that I'm like, um, so the first time usually when I have a new client, I tell them that my rate is only applicable for the next three months. Okay. Because in the next three months I've developed my skills again. Right. That so, is so interesting. Yeah. So once they come, if they come back to me for another project, mm. they will still ask, what's your rate for this? And then I'll up the price. So it's really important to mention that, like it's only a political, like if someone want to book you for next year, then, well, I tell them this is my rate now, but in the next year it's going to change. Yeah. Um, so then they'll know the expectation that, I mean, it's only fair because the more time that you do the same project, the more that you the better that your work is. So I think it should reflect on the value of your your service. Also, you're always developing, I hope so, inshallah, you're always developing yourself, you know, whatever you're mm. doing, you're taking oh, for sure, yeah. to improve mm. your own skills, you know, mm -hmm. you attend workshops, you talk to people, you're, even the time that you spent in educating yourself on the ground without really spending money directly, like, mm. that's, you know, Takes something time. that, you, yeah, it does, and time is money, or time is actually something, it's the only thing that you can never get back. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of sisters, no matter where we are, we always have this problem of pricing ourselves to the standard mm -hmm. we actually hold, mm -hmm. and Do you have some mindset skills that you apply when you're just like, oh, okay, 
well, I need to set my standard higher, but I'm kind of... Yeah. So for me, one of the things that, that's mentioned in a guideline, which I've been um, applying, is you they either pay full, full price or for free. But even if you give them for free, I still give them invoice to see how much it's actually worth so they know how much it's worth. The thing is that when you give something discounted, for especially for something that's like a service, it's a one of a kind, it will reflect the quality of your work and people will see it like, oh, it's actually worth this much when it's not. And and when you don't when you're not being paid properly, you will resent creating it. And then um, and if you get so many inquiries because of your because you're blowballing yourself, you're gonna end up hating it. Mm. You're gonna end it up like I have so many projects, but like I'm being underpaid. It's gonna reflect on the quality of your work, yeah. and then your clients gonna see that, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, she's doing everything half-ass, <laughs> part of my language," and then, and then they're not gonna come back to you. So it's just gonna hurt you, your clients, your business, your branding. Mm. You don't want that. So even if someone, I've never had anyone haggling my worth. Um, they usually like, oh, it's out of my budget, and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Duh. It's also when it then, comes uh, back to what you, what you said earlier. You don't want everyone as your audience. You pick a no. very specific audience. Yeah, yeah, very specific. Like with me, like the more that I'm in the business, I know the clearer my my client target is. Um, I I used to do I used to think that like oh big weddings are like probably they're gonna they're gonna pay me but they won't um, actually think of calligraphy as a priority for um, as opposed to those who have small weddings mm -hmm. so I stop um, targeting big weddings I target small weddings now because small wedding it's usually the brides and the groom they know the guests. When they know the guests, they want to appreciate them. And I help them appreciating their guests. Whereas big weddings, they probably don't even know the guests. I, did, I had a big wedding. I had a 300, 350 people. I don't know probably 90% of them. Wow. Um, right? So these are not my target market. So they usually go with like prints or like, no, no sitting chart, like no welcome sign. It's just people coming in. Whereas people who have small wedding, they like really care prior to about the details. Like I really want to appreciate my guests who came to my big day. Yeah. Those are the people that come to me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are the, what are actually the services and products that you offer yourself? Cause I want to know the range of things that a calligrapher can do mm -hmm. and then, give inspiration for artists to, you know, broaden their horizon as well. Yeah. So uh, yesterday there was a, um, an, a calligrapher artist who came up with a PDF, like 45 different ways of how to make money using calligraphy. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but the more niche you are, the better. Don't try to please everybody. So when I, what I do is I'm mostly in a wedding or events. So in terms of wedding, I do signage. Um, I do uh, like the welcome sign, seating chart, um, anything that has to do with space. And I like to go beyond paper, um, like the place guard. And the non, um, and for events, I love doing on site because I like meeting with people. So I partner with brands for their brand activation and I would personalize um, whatever item they gave me. And then um, their guests would basically keep it as a keep, keep a keepsake, keepsake, sorry. 
So I've worked with uh, um, brands like um, Cliff Bar. I've worked with, um, I've worked at for the TIFF as well, the Toronto International Film Festival, um, and some private VIP events. Um, and coming up, I'll be partnering with Holt Renfrew, inshallah, and like all this like luxury brand. Um, and again, they have the same target market as me. They mm-hmm. like quality, not quantity. Um, they like personalization. They like appreciation. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's mostly what I do. And I also do engraving. It's it, I'm not it's, so engraving is like a very new. Um, I'm gonna say niche of calligraphy. It's just the different tools that I'm using. But I'm doing. I'm writing different, I mean, sorry, the same way, but it's just different, um, different tools. So that's uh, most of my on-site upcoming ones are engraving. So yeah, I, I try to keep it as niche as possible. I used to do so many different things like logo, graphic design, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I stopped doing all of that Yes. <laughs> because when I, if I find it like, I start to resent it, like, oh, I don't want to do this. If I find myself that I'm like, um, that I start to procrastinate a project, that means I don't enjoy it, then I will likely stop doing it and I will likely stop um, providing. And I also do workshop too, if I have collaboration with the venue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, only if I have someone who manages the admin and stuff because I just have no time to do it. So I teach calligraphy as well. Nice. So yeah. yeah. That's beautiful because I'm, I think it's so important to go in depth rather than to the broad especially yeah because it's not only oh niche or like oh expertise or mastering it's also Mm -hmm. because if you go more narrow you will see more you can really go deeper and you will never see that if you everywhere everywhere at the same time and it's also important to see like the more niche you are the more likely your audience understand that you're an expert in such and such right you're not like when when you when you're trying to do everything it uh you're losing trust from their end like they're like oh i don't know what she's actually doing she's doing mm-hmm. this now she's also doing that like mm-hmm. i don't know which one she's doing the best at so yeah and yeah. it actually hurt your brand <laughs> yes yes yeah and that has actually because i just i don't want people to misunderstand this you said earlier you can show all the parts of yourself without mm-hmm. compromising but then also you say you'd like to go into a niche and be an expert in one thing or like one area these things don't don't go against each other you don't have to cut off you know part of you yeah. to to yeah. fit a brand that you think is going to work like that but it's just about you know really making it easy on people to understand what you actually do and what you stand exactly Exactly. So last question, what are the top skills and mindsets that helped you to build a brand that anyone else can apply? Just be yourself. (laughs) Like literally that's all I'm doing. Just be yourself. Uh, Don't try to please everybody. That's the very important mindset. And also there is a lot of artists out there, but your only competition is yourself. You can be inspired by other local artists, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't feel like it's a competition. I am friends with some local um, calligraphers. She has a different style um, than me, and she's also um, she just her branding is just very different. Um, 
but it doesn't it doesn't stop us from being friends mm-hmm. if anything if i'm double booked i would refer the service to her so i think it's really important to have abundance mindset than scarcity scarce sorry <laughs> did i say it right i think so you know that feeling scarce yeah, just, yeah yeah it's, it's because, not my first like, language either so <laughs> yeah so when you have an abundance mindset the possibility of you going far in your business is limitless like it's um but if you feel like oh i don't want to share this knowledge because i don't want them they're, they're gonna like do the same thing it's gonna be competition like stop that like it, it's it won't take you anywhere um when you're trying to hold something that anyone else can learn you're just people don't see you as an expertise anymore first to begin with and it's just like why okay if you if you think about this like there's so many doctors like there's not enough doctors one doctor cannot like you know um deal with all patients it's the same thing with artists not i can't i can't do all projects so but when you have a friend, once he helps you growing and then sharing each other tips in the business part as well as the artistic part. And you also can get sales from it because you guys are referring to each other, right? Um, so it's really important to have that abundance mindset. And yeah, I think that's what I said. Like, just be yourself, be authentic, be comfortable, know yourself, know what you love um, and have the abundance mindset nice i can't think of anything else but yeah no no no. be yourself don't try to please everyone and have it yeah exactly don't try to please everybody i love that thank you so much for sharing this to lisa okay now how we usually end this podcast is i don't know Mm -hmm. why i'm always saying usually how we end this podcast is you can ask a question to the audience that can have to do with something that we talked about or not so you ask a question and they answer it in the comments inshallah I want to ask um, you guys, um, okay, well, this is one thing that I always do. Um, every week, I always write down my wins. So I'm going to ask you, what's your win today? And how can you how can you get more wins and how can you improve yourself? Uh, celebrate that wins and tell me what your, your goal next week is. I love that. Inshallah, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for being You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode, and share your diversity with us. If you enjoyed this episode, like and share with your friends, and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time. Assalamu alaikum.